I see a question coming up again and again, so I thought it's about time to talk about it. It's great that you're busy on a few days, but what about those one or two days of the week that are slower? How do we boost our daycare numbers on the slow days? Let's talk about it today. It's time to become the overdog. All you dog businesses, get ready to level up. This is the Overdog Podcast. All right, here we are again. I love how we keep meeting up like this. Welcome to another episode of Overdog Podcast. I am Fern, your guide here to talk about all things business, marketing, and everything in between for dog daycare and boarding businesses. If this is your first episode ever, welcome to the show. If you've been around for a while, thanks for coming back and uh, putting me in your ears once again. This was a was a big weekend um, for me. Is that my two t- my twin daughters turned 15 this weekend? So it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, we every year we kind of you know as, as they, when they were younger it was easier. You know, we're like, okay, we'll just have a party, invite all your classmates over and stuff. You know. They want to go to, you know, that we did all the typical things, you know, the bouncy houses, the, uh, you know, all these different kind of uh, typical Chuck E. Cheeses, you know, all these events that you typically would take little kids to. As they get older, it gets a little more complicated. So we're not going to invite the whole class. <laughs> we can't afford that. These big parties are too expensive. So we kind of give them some choices if you, you know, you want to have kind of a party or do you want to do something? You want to have an event, you know, or, you know, go somewhere, you know go to see a Broadway play or whatever. Um, This year, it just so happened that Taylor Swift was coming to town the weekend of their birthday, which was this past weekend, and they are big Swifties. So uh, my wife and I, and I promise this ties together to business, so hang in with me. Uh, So my wife and I decided we're going to get him tickets. So I don't know if you're familiar with the whole Taylor Swift Ticketmaster debacle, but basically... They were Ticketmaster. Basically, they Taylor Swift broke Ticketmaster. Basically, there were so many people trying to get tickets on, and it ended up that like eighty to ninety percent of the tickets were scooped up by like bots, like scalpers and stuff. Um, and now they're being Ticketmaster being investigated and all that stuff. However, my wife and I were dedicated to get these tickets uh, for my kids. This would be their first concert ever. For their 15th birthday, we wanted to take them to Taylor Swift. It was right on the birthday weekend. It seemed perfect. So um, when tickets went on sale, my wife, we wife and I got a pre-sale code, and we waited in the queue for six to eight hours, something like that, on the first day of pre-sale. And we got all the way to the front of the line, and then it like booted us out, which is one of the reasons why Ticketmaster got all in trouble because people waited for a long, long time, and then they got booted out. Anyway. Next day, my wife goes on another pre-sale, waits a couple hours, and is able to get tickets. Somehow, we got face value tickets, okay? Now, this is the most expensive I've ever paid for concert tickets. Face value in, in the, the MetLife Stadium here was 400 bucks a ticket, all right? That's the most I've ever paid for a concert ticket. Immediately after we bought them, they were being, I could have sold them for $2,000 a ticket. That's how crazy these ticket prices are for Taylor Swift. So... Taylor Swift, you know, um, is, a, is a force to be reckoned with. So we go to the show. It's awesome. Um, and when I'm doing stuff, <laughs> I always have kind of like a, 
in the back of my mind, I have like my entrepreneurial operating system always running. I can't turn it off. So I'm always thinking about things from a business perspective. How can I apply things that are happening here into my business and my clients' businesses? And, you know, watching the Taylor Swift phenomenon, um, I started to really see some things here that I think is really impressive, you know. So I didn't know much about Taylor Swift. And to be honest with you, I am more of a hard rock and heavy metal guy. So, you know, my kids uh, put me through like a boot camp where, um, you know, a couple of probably like three or four weeks before they start sending me all her songs. I start listening to them with them, um, getting, a you know, just a crash course on Taylor Swift. Um, what I discovered is um, she's an un- unbelievable songwriter. Um, she's a good performer. She's an amazing singer. She, uh, and going to the show, like she is a pro. Like I can see like why these tickets are so sought after. You know, she puts on an amazing show. She played for three and a half hours. The longest concert I've ever been to was two hours. So she's over-delivering like crazy, you know. Um, But what I noticed when we're there, like people are, are, like her fans are crazy loyal and passionate. Everybody there was dressed up like her, Um the merchandise lines, I waited in three-hour lines to get t-shirts. I waited in a three-hour line for the opportunity to buy a $45 t-shirt. And it was, by the time I was done, the line was three times as long, okay? The point is, her fans are so, like, just rave, like you're so, you you always want raving fans. They're such, they're, they're so connected to where they need to, like, they need to buy all the merch, okay? So, the lines were crazy. They were selling out all over the place. And, it was just uh, they always say like you wanna you wanna create a culture so you know a cult is something that's like you know like irrational like you know people are like why the hell would somebody get sucked into that cult and everything and a culture if you can make your culture a little bit on the cult side whereas it's not a negative thing but it is people that are just so passionate that they'll go to all of these lengths for the brand. Okay, and uh, it's amazing to see that um, how how just just connected these people are. So I started to think about it more. And and to be truth, I've known about Taylor Swift obviously for a long time. However, I've been a fan of hers from a branding perspective for years and years and years before I even listened to a song because I was paying attention what she was doing on social media. And this is why Taylor Smith Taylor Taylor Swift. Um, created this in- incredible culture, and I think what we can learn from what she did. Okay, number one, she genuinely cares about her fans. She is not phoning it in. I promise you, she genuinely cares. Watching her on that stage get affected and choked up by people cheering for her, you could see that she just really appreciates it, and she is famous for caring about her fans. Okay. Um, she has done things just recently. She stopped her concert to to yell at a security guard that was treating a fan roughly, you know. Um, so this is the kind of person she is. She really does care about her fans. And because of that, her fans are very connected to her because they know that she cares. And it's a difficult thing when you're a person of that magnitude to try to make all these people realize, think that you care. And you can't do it to everybody. But she was really smart on social media, you know, and she's been using social media from way back in the MySpace days. And I've been watching her on social media because she is a genius at what she does in connecting with her fans. So what she what she does and what she did early on is she would 
what she used to call it tail lurking okay that basically she's stalking her fans on social media she would look for mentions of it of her anywhere and she would comment on other people's posts she would send people surprises and stuff all via social media you know she didn't I mean, I'm sure she has people running her social media platforms, but she's on there as well, and she's paying attention to what people are doing. Um, and that has created this connection. You know, that's the cool thing about social media. We're able to create a connection, and this is so important for you guys. You know, because I always say the big problem with dog daycare is you don't spend any time with the paying customer, the humans. You spend all the time with the dogs. Okay, and the people paying the bills is who we need to create the connection with. So social media is a great way to do that. And just um, watching how she has created um, this culture and this, this brand loyalty all around caring. Now, it does take extra time to go there. So what I would do if I were you guys, you know, I would take some time to go see what your customers are doing on social. You know, see what they're doing um, so I want to know what their problems are. I want to, you know, maybe I can help them out. If they post anything on their thing about their dog, I want to come in and comment on it and stuff. You know, this, it does take a little extra time. You know, social media can be time consuming, but if you stay focused on what you're doing and say, okay, once a week for an hour, I'm just going to go and interact with our customers on social somewhere. Um, so just something to think about. Um, I was just blown away by how well she does that. Um, she doesn't have all these raving fans just because she's talented, although she is. Uh, it's all these other little things she's done to create the connection with her audience, which is impressive. Okay, that being said, now let's go into the actual topic of this. That was just top of mind, so I wanted to share that with you. So let's go to the actual topic here, which is how to boost your daycare numbers on your slower days. In the Dog Daycare Business Think Tank private Facebook group, feel free to look that up and join it if you're not a member. I see this asked often. So I thought what better time, what better place to, to kind of talk about it would be on the podcast. So the problem is, is like a lot of times, and this is most places that I've, you know, been working with, you're busy Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but like Mondays and Fridays are really slow. Um, so we're, the question is, yeah, we want to build up those times. So what do we do? So before I, I go into specific strategies on how to do that, uh, there's a couple things I want to just kind of go over. Uh, when you first are starting out your business, okay, <clears throat> you have to, you know, you have to do what's right for the customer. You have to do what the customer wants, kind of, because you need revenue coming in. Once you get to a level of success and you get, uh, you know, your, your numbers are getting really, you're getting close to capacity, like say on a couple days and stuff. Now, when you're busy, the customer has to do what you want, all right? So in the beginning, you're doing what the customer wants, but once you get busy enough and you have the volume, now the customers have to do what the business wants, okay? So we do what's right for the customer in the beginning, and then we do what's right for the business afterwards, because then you have the leverage, you know, once you have that kind of uh, following and customer base. So once you're busier on those couple days and you're doing really well, now we can uh, we can take some liberties and experiment a little bit without having to, to worry as much, okay? Because you have the luxury of having a lot of customers. Um, so I, I think a part of this is the same thing when people tell me that um, you know what, I, um, we're and I've had clients tell me this, you know, we're busy on the holiday weekends and the summer for boarding over, you know 
the typical Christmas, Thanksgiving, school vacations. But we want to do we want to be busier on the other days. We want to bring boarding up the other days. So let's run ads and stuff. And you know, I always try to explain to them that the problem is I can't. You cannot convince somebody to take a vacation on on like a random Wednesday. You know, I can't convince people to travel. They're only going to travel when they travel, all right? And you have to accept that, that that's how the business is. It's ebbs and flows. So part of the daycare equation is you have to accept that that is kind of how the business goes. It's going to be busier on busy on days that are more popular, you know, that are more in desire, more in demand, and it's going to be slower than it is. It's just part of the business. We have to understand that, all right? And a lot of times we're fighting against the, what the customer activity is and we, we can't change the customer activity sometimes so but sometimes we can so i'm going to tell you boarding it's just like a you know you can't convince someone to board when they don't have a trip planned however with daycare there is ways that we can convince them to come on different days all right so i'm going to go over five different things that we can do to try to boost our numbers up on those off days all right sound cool beautiful Number one, what we do is, um, you know, and this is, so let's say in this example, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're almost, you're almost full, okay? Or you're very close to, you know, being maxed out on those days. What we do is we tell people that we're full, right? There's no more space. We can't take any more dogs that time. So we're going to put, if you want to come those days, we'll put you on a waiting list or we can get you in Mondays or Fridays right now, okay? So anybody new coming in, a new customer, you know, um, we kind of immediately direct them to those off days, okay? We want to save the days for our existing customers, those, those days that they want. But the thing is, here's the thing with daycare. They can, you mean, they just like using it midweek because they were home with the dogs on the weekends, most likely. So they can still use daycare on Monday and Friday. We just got to tell them why it's important, all right? So, but first of all, if you're full, you're full. So you can start to, you know, take reservations, you know, ahead of time. So you have to Book your daycare ahead of time, and when it's when it's booked up, then it, you know we got to move the other days. But no matter what, anybody new coming in, I would say, okay, we're booked up these days. I'll put you on if you really want those days. I'm going to put you on the waiting list, and then we can start you right away though on a Monday and Friday. So let's just get your dog used to the environment. I also like that to to do that for new dogs coming in. Okay, so here's a new dog coming in, brand new, maybe brand new to daycare. I like having a onboarding process to get them integrated into the your, your I guess regular packs okay general population call them we can't I don't like just doing a quick one hour little evaluation and throwing them in the pack some dogs will be okay with that but many many dogs will not be so I like having a system okay here's how we do onboarding for new customers first we do that one two hour evaluation with them with a one or two couple dogs then we put them, we're going to go to step one or phase one or whatever you want to call it, where we go on, they come on the slower days. So then we put them on a Monday or Friday or both, getting them used to the environment because they're slower that day. They're not as crazy. They're not as, you know, overwhelmed and stuff. So it's the perfect time to bring these new dogs in. Then once you have evaluated them and you feel they're ready and they're okay for the rest, then you could say, okay, now we can integrate them if there's room in the you know, the middle of the week. Um, so I like that for new dogs, you automatically force them because it's, hey, we're, this is the way every dog starts on Monday and Fridays. And then we see how they do. Some dogs who are a little bit anxious or uncomfortable, they may do better on those slower days. So we're going to make sure, we're going to say, no, our prescription for them 
is to come on these days and this is why because you know it's not so overwhelming it's a little quieter environment um we have to tell them they only know what why you know why it fits into their schedule but we have to tell them why it's better for their dog okay and they ultimately want to do what's better for their dog so that's one of the things uh the way i like to do it for new people coming in um, another way that you can boost those off numbers is by holding events only on Mondays or Fridays or whatever your slow days are. So, you know, events, you can go back. We talked about it on a previous podcast of how great it is to do special events. So maybe it's like um, we're going to have um, Easter Day where we're going to, they're going to, dogs are going to do Easter themed stuff. We're going to have a photographer here one day. We're going to do Mardi Gras Day here, you know, where you're going to have different events and different stuff for the dogs to do. Every time you hold an event that I've seen from my, my clients, um, daycare numbers are booming those days so and these are usually added expenses too so i would always hold those on your slower days because you want to boost those numbers up you know there are people going to come on the other days because a lot of times people are coming just for this event because it's something different it's something novel so they're coming on a day that normally wouldn't come maybe so because those days are usually always full so i would hold events on the slow days if you do enrichment okay you can say we do enrichment daycare maybe it's only on the slower days especially if you're just starting like an enrichment program or something you need the the staff and stuff for it so i like to start it on slower days but you could just say hey enrichment daycare is done on these days again we're making it people can bring their dog anytime during the week it's just convenient for them for some reason probably because they think their dog has been exercised over the weekend which they probably haven't been but they just they just think the midweek is going to be the best for them so we're gonna just make it more desirable to come on the other days make them want to come on the other days we got to give them a reason to come on the other days so by doing enrichment on only those slow days you're gonna get people who want more for their dog to come on those days now you may do enrichment on every day which is fine um, but if you do it only a select couple of days, or maybe you have some other services that we're just going to stack on those slower days, you know, uh, so that you can kind of even it out a little bit. Um, next thing you can do, not my favorite option, but you can do it, is you can do a price difference for the slower days. So you want to come, and what I typically like to do <laughs> once you're getting full is like, okay. Um, instead of doing a price difference for Monday and Friday, I just raise the price slightly for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so at least if you can't, so then it's more desirable. They're, they're saving a buck. Again, they could come bring their dog any day. So, hey, you could save a few bucks if you come on Monday or Fridays, you know, because these are our busy days. They're obviously more demand. Everything is about supply and demand. The more demand, the more you can raise your prices. So... You can either lower your prices slightly on like say Monday or Fridays, or you can raise them on the other days, okay? Um, just slightly, just again, making it more desirable so that people, you get some of that overflow over there. Or if nobody decides to go, like if you happen to just raise the, the middle price, the prices of the midweek, you just make more money. <laughs> and then it kind of offsets those slow days. Um, so that's something you can experiment with as well. Um, and the last thing, um, that I do is uh, is again going back to those like first first you know those new people um, you, you can make it like almost like a trial period 
Um, or the, you can have different packages, I guess, that was the proper way to say this, is we have uh, you know, a, a package for midweek and a, a Monday-Friday package. You know, And the Monday-Friday package is just more cost-effective. But you're locking people into specific days. They are signing up for particular days of the week. So you, you can't, you know, your packages may be based on, you know, again, this is to adjust your numbers more predictably. You could say you can get a, a Monday, say, let's say it's a two week. You can get a, a Monday, Friday, like a Monday, Thursday package, or you can get a Tuesday, Friday package. You know, so they're coming twice a week. It's kind of broken up, but they're locked into those days. So it's predictable. You know how, how much, traffic you're going to have coming in on each of those days. Um, so you can have specific packages that kind of designate which days they can and can't come. Um, that's another way you can do it. All these ways are useful and you got to and, and can work. You just got to figure out which one kind of makes sense for you. And then you can experiment, okay? This is not like set in stone. So you can try one out, see how your customers do with it, give it a little time, and then you know, maybe say, okay, that didn't work. We're going to try something else out. Um, so the key thing is, is understanding that people can come on Monday, Friday. They just don't want to. Um, so how do we make them want to? Okay, so we can either make them want to by making those days more desirable or just change your business model to force them to go on particular days by requiring them, you know, either new customers have to do a specific go on slow days or you can do those packages where you, you, you know, you, you can't do a package that's, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like you can't do that. You can, it includes one of those slow days too. Um, so those are all just food for thought. Think about it. Um, if you've got other ideas, I would love to hear them. Please, uh, please tell us in the group or um, reach out to me. I, I'm always eager to learn what everyone's doing. So um, we can all kind of, it's a think tank, right? That's why I call the 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 group the think tank we're all kind of putting our minds together to see how we can help each other move forward all right that's pretty much it for today uh thanks for for tuning in here uh not not too long an episode today but just enough to give you something to think about and don't forget to take action okay this stuff is useless if you're not taking action on it all right and if you need help that's what i'm here for reach out to me and we'll see if you're a good fit for my services All right, that's it. Have an awesome day. Make it an epic one for you and your business, and I will catch up with you again in the next episode. Take care. If you'd like some help with your own digital marketing efforts, just reach out to me at overdogdigital.com forward slash contact, and we can schedule a time where we can get together, chat, and see if I would be a good fit to help you out.